Let us all now please turn. Please turn to Genesis chapter 9. As we're going to read verses 12 through 17. If we could please stand to honor the reading of his word. Once you find it, I don't want to rush anybody. But if you could please stand to honor the reading of his word, I would appreciate it. This is a very special verse. This is right after, or verses I should say, right after the ark had landed. Talking about Noah's ark here. And this is what was said in Genesis chapter 9, verses 12 through 17. This is vitally important, actually. Well, uh, what part of the word is it? But uh, let's hear this here. Then God said, This is the sign of the covenant which I am making between me and you and every living creature that is with you. For all future generations, I have set my rainbow in the cloud. And it shall be a sign of a covenant between me and the earth. When I bring a cloud over the earth, the rainbow will be seen in the cloud. Then I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters will never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow will appear in the cloud, and I will see, see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. So God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Now, when I was young, when I was very young, I loved lots of films. And you said, really, you? Yes. I love The Wizard of Oz. It used to be on once a year, and I love The Wizard of Oz like a fellow, my sister. Yeah. Uh, my sister in Christ here, big fan of it. I love The Wizard of Oz. One of my favorite films, and once a year they show it, and I look forward to watching it. But I love on Wizard of Oz, they talk about going over the rainbow, and I know what you're thinking. Oh, wow, that song, somewhere over the rainbow. Well, you remember that. Well, going over the rainbow was about going into fantasy world. They go over the rainbow to the fantasy. And there was also a lot of cartoons at the time about Rainbow, like Rainbow Bright. My little sister was deep into Rainbow Bright. And every time I see something Rainbow Bright, sometimes I get it for her. She gets it herself. She really loved that, you know. There was an old show on PBS called Reading Rainbow. And uh, LeVar Burton, who I liked a lot. You might know him from Roots. I know him from Star Trek. That's, that's another fantasy. <laughs> Reading Rainbow was like a fantasy because he would read to you stories. And it was a fantasy itself. And then there was lots of rainbow decorations back in the day. I remember we had one on our window. It was a little thing you see through. It was, it was a lot of fun. There was parties of rainbows. And then at the end of the rainbow, you were supposed to be able to find gold. This, of course, was myth and fantasy itself. It was a lot of fun. And then there was a song at the time. There was a song that I remember as a child. I mean, I was just a little baby. A little baby called the Rainbow Connection. And I'll never forget that song, Rainbow Connection. I remember, I, I remember the Carter, uh, the Carter, hello. I mean, the Carpenters sing it. Remember that? Karen Carpenter sing Rainbow Connection. But it wasn't by them. It was actually by a certain frog. Kermit the Frog. You remember him? What are you doing here? Why aren't there so many? No, no, we're not here to do that. We're not here to do that. And don't worry, he's not going to stay here either. Why not? Well, you know why not. They could take me serious if he was with me. But Rainbow Connection was a song I listened to for most of my life as a little kid from Kermit the Frog. 
you want me to help you preach? No, I don't. In fact, I think you've got to go away. Where is that? You know why. Come on now. We're not going to do that today. But when I was a kid, every time I'd hear Rainbow Connection, I think of Kermit the Frog, and I always enjoyed it. I loved that song. It was a good song, and I liked it a lot. Uh, it was actually by Paul Williams, and I, I like that song. But anyway, these are things I liked as a kid. And so today I want to talk a little bit about Rainbow Connection, and that is the title of today's sermon, Rainbow Connection. Rainbow Connection. The original rainbow was a covenant, a promise, a promise from God as we just read, a promise that he would never flood the whole earth, the whole earth ever again. Because we've seen a lot of rain happening, and people say, oh, there's floods all over here and there and there and there. So that covenant wasn't kept. No, it was too. He said the whole earth, the whole earth. God said he never flood the whole earth never again. But it's much more than that. The covenant was much more than that. You see, it's a symbol. The rainbow is like a bridge, a bridge to heaven in a lot of ways. Now, one of my favorite fantasies, if you will, is the, the story of Thor and all that junk. But And it is junk, just for fun. But there is a rainbow bridge in that little uh, mythology. But the truth is, there is a rainbow bridge, if you will. If you think about it, a rainbow bridge unto heaven. That is what the symbol of the rainbow is, a bridge unto heaven, in a sense, the real rainbow. It is, because that's the sim symbolism, the promise that there is a way into heaven. There is. Uh, the flood itself was all because of sin. The flood that God sent was because of sin that was all over the earth. The sin that was all over the earth, because of that, God had to bring a flood, and it brought death. And that is why when you see rainbow, we should think about all the sin that was upon the earth. That's what we should think of. But we should think about the promise that God gave, and that was the bridge into heaven. When we see a rainbow, we should be thinking about the promise of God, the promise of God, which is that the rainbow is about. The rainbow is about the promise of God, not sin, not sin. The ark was the only way to escape the death that the flood brought because the sin that brought the flood. And the ark was the only way. So Jesus, if you will, is the ark. Jesus was the ark. Jesus is our ark. Jesus is the only way out of sin. Jesus said, and you can see this I went, when we went to the ark recently, it says this right there in it, and it talks about it has a doorway that has the light that looks like a cross, and we got our pictures with it. Oh, so much fun. I even have a little, it's not here yet, but I even have a little picture frame that has this on there. And it says, John 10, 9, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus is the doorway, the only door, the only way from death, from the flood of sin. Jesus is that ark, that rainbow, that rainbow is a symbol of the bridgeway into heaven, the only bridge in heaven, the only way, the only promise from it. Remember this about the word of God. Remember this about the scripture when you hear it. When you read the things that we just read, remember this about the scripture of God. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, all scripture, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that a man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That is the word of God. That is the word of God. 
Also remember this, James 1.22, be doers of the word and not hearers only, only deceiving yourselves. Be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. We are to remember this is the word of God. This is what he says. So why are we saying all that? Why are we saying this about something we already know? Because just like, just like the word of God itself, just like the word of God itself, through time, through time, Satan likes to pervert. Satan is the ultimate pervert, I often say. He is. Satan's the ultimate pervert. He perverts everything. He perverts the word of God. Just like in the Garden of Eden, when he went to Adam and Eve and said, did God really say? He perverts the word of God. And he's perverted the rainbow. He's perverted the rainbow and the meaning thereof. The ultimate pervert, Satan, has perverted the meaning of it. The rainbow to the world, and I'm, not, I'm talking about to the world. To the world means something else. And I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking about it's a symbol of homosexuality, but in reality, it's, it's not. It's a symbol of freedom. It's a symbol of rebellion. And yes, the homosexuality goes along with that, but it's more than just that. It's not really that. It's about being in charge. And I can understand. I can understand uh, their philosophies here. I really can. And you have to understand that they're blind that they don't know. They really don't. I'm talking about the lost now. I'm not talking about the saved. I'm talking about the lost. Satan is blind to them. He's lied to them, just like he did to Adam and Eve, and they bought it hook, line, and sinker. But they knew all things. The lost doesn't. So you have to remember that when we're talking about this, that they don't know any better, and we have to pray for them. It's really sad. I don't even get mad at them. I get mad at Satan. I get mad at that pervert. He uses the same tricks and lies that he's always pulled. He uses this, this sin in, on the emotional and mental level so that he fools them. And so they say, he says, did God really say, did God really say that it's wrong? Did God really say, aren't you born that way? Did God really say, he says these things. And by the way, I'm not just talking about homosexuality. I'm talking about all sorts of sins that's in the Bible. All sorts of sins that's in the Bible. Adultery, talking about people who are doing all sorts of things these levels that Satan gets into their mind and he starts putting doubt just like he did with Adam and Eve he starts putting doubt and he perverts the symbols that people see why is there so much support for all these things because he likes to pervert he likes to bring doubt and they start to support it so that they can start supporting whatever they want to do so they don't have to answer to anyone that's why you see so much support and it's sad it's sad I don't get mad at people truth is is I love people I love them very much. All people. I love them very, very much. It just makes me very angry at the lies that Satan has given to them. And these poor souls walk around not understanding. So let's go into this. Let's go into this. What do we do about this? Well, there are three types of rainbows that we're going to talk about today. Three types of rainbows. And it's very difficult for me to talk about this. It's very difficult. I'm not really happy talking about it because it's very controversial. It's very uncomfortable, and it, while doing this, I've had to pray about it an awful lot. If I say too much on one level, it makes it look like I'm in agreement with the ways of Satan. I'm not. If I say it too much on level, another level, it makes it look like I'm hateful towards people, and I'm not. If I say it too much in one way, it makes it look like I want to go with the ways of the world, and I'm not. But if I say it too much another way, it makes it look like I'm just mean, and I'm not. 
So what do you do about that? Well, Christians, what you do is you have to be loving and let Christ speak through you. I'm not going to ever take anything away from the Bible. What we're to do, to do is to apply it. But there are several ways of looking at this. So we're going to look at all three levels of the rainbow today. And we're to talk about the rainbow connection. No, 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 no. Not the Kermit the Frog stuff. Not all that. that that's all done. We're not even going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the real rainbow connection, which is Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about the real rainbow connection, which all Christians need to do. We need to connect with people, and that includes homosexuals, that includes transgender, that includes people who are living in sin. We need to connect with them, and we're going to if we possibly can. Not us, but the Holy Spirit who lives within us. We need to connect with them because we need to let them know that Christ loves them. We need to let them know that Christ died for them. We need to let them know that we were once just like them, maybe not in their lifestyle, but in a sinful way, that Christ died for us and them and all people. And if we come across hateful and mean, we will not be able to be used of Christ to reach them. And that's what we need to do. So today we're going to talk about that. Let's look at the three types of rainbows. The first one is rainbow comp compromisation. Rainbow compromisation. And that's hard to say. So if you want to, just want to say rainbow compromising, that's okay. And then with that, you could also say uh, rainbow condoning. And there's a lot of that going on today, folks. There's rainbow compromising and rainbow condoning. This is the compromising of sins and rainbow condoning of sins. Now, I want to say this to you. If you have a loved one out there, a loved one who's involved with a lifestyle, I'm not just talking about gay. I'm talking about any lifestyle that is unbiblical. You can still love them and not be in agreement with them. Maybe you have someone who's an alcoholic. Do you still love them? Sure you do. Do you agree with what they're doing? Of course not. Of course not. But that doesn't mean that they're not involved in your house. You don't have to allow them to drink in your house and all that, but it doesn't mean that you push them away and never talk to them again. We have to think this through. Rainbow compromising and condoning of sins. There are many churches who are doing this right now. Many churches right now who are condoning of these sins. Many churches who go with the flow and are changing the Bible to blend in with different beliefs. This is wrong. This is wrong. And I dare say that the people that I do get angry with, and I dare say that the Holy Spirit gets angry with, are the people who know better. I'm talking about the ministers. I'm talking about the churches and these people who know what the Word says, and they change it in order to go with the world and not with the Word. These people will answer for what they're doing. Because sometimes they're sending people to hell Sometimes they're sending people to a lifestyle that is not of Christ, and they're wrong. This is not what God wants us to do. This is not right. Folks, we have to do what Christ tells us to do, what the Word tells us to do. We have to know this. This is what it says in Proverbs 13, 20. There's Old Testament, but it's still true today, as it always was. It says, he who walks with the wise men will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. We need to know. To do what is wise, not what is foolish. We need to know that. James 4.17 says this, Therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it, it is sin. If you know that it's a sin and you're still doing it, well, don't be ignorant. It's sin. 
Well, I know it's wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, listen, if you know that it's wrong to steal and you're still stealing, God's going to call you for it. He's going to call upon you. Is it really stealing? I mean, technically, I'm an American, and technically this mail is to someone in America. So, hey, you can justify it all you want. Stealing is stealing is stealing, and you know that. What does that got to do with this? It's a sin, and all sin is sin in the eyes of God. Folks, we know this. We know this. You see, why I'm bringing all the sins together is for one particular reason. Because a lot of Christians love to separate homosexuality from other sins. They love to separate these lifestyles from other sins. But we can't do that because it's bad. It's all bad. We have to be equal. We have to realize it, maybe it justifies us in our own minds, but it's still wrong. It's still wrong. You know, in Revelations, it warns us against changing the word. And so many of these churches are doing, they're changing the word. Well, God made you that way. Oh, these churches are going to have to answer for it. Revelations tells us not to change the word. Now, maybe it just means the book of Revelations. You know what it says. Don't change a tittle or a dot. Well, maybe it just means the book of Revelations. I don't know, but I know one thing. I wouldn't want to change any of it. Because if you change the meaning of any of it and change the, the, the meaning thereof, it could lead someone astray. Why would you want to do that? Why would you answer to God if you're leading somebody the wrong direction? I mean, what if you change the word where it says that Christ is the only way and you change the meaning thereof and they try another way? Folks, would you want to answer to God? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And I won't because I'm not going to. I'm not going to change it. We don't want to mislead so many and so many are being misled. I mean, I've actually had people say to me, well, my pastor says that God has no problem with this or with that, with being gay, with being uh, this or that. I won't go into all of it, but because some of it's quite honestly uh, just absolutely wrong. I won't go into all of it. But they say that there is so many lifestyles that their pastor says that God has no problem with. But we have scriptures that say the absolute opposite. And some of it, folks, is downright criminal. Not even all of this, but some of it is downright criminal that they've told me about. And I'm thinking, but it's right in the Bible. I even give them scriptures, and they they will not hear it. Why? They've stopped up their ears. You've, you've heard about it in the scripture. They've stopped up their ears. They will not hear it. They have itchy ears, but they want to hear what they want to hear, and they won't hear the others. But what am I saying? Am I saying this to make me sound good? No. No. I'm saying this because we're to love those people and not want them to hear lies of the devil. That's why. But this is what it says. First of all, Many are so misled, but in Genesis 18 and 19, talking about the chapters here, it talks about what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. In fact, Sodom was so vile of it that even that, that style of uh, being together is still known after, from Sodom. It's still named after it. Second uh, Peter talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. Leviticus 18 and 20 still talks about this situation. Romans 1, 26 through 27 talks about homosexuality. And it says this in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 10. And I want you to listen to this and stay in this chapter if you're looking up with me. I know it's quick that I'm talking about it, but stay with me because I'm going to come back to this here in a minute. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9 through 10, it says, Do you not know? And I want you to listen to every word, not just the one about being gay. Listen to this. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Now, remember, he, Paul's talking to people of Corinth uh, who are living ungodly. We're now speaking about being Christians. He says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, 
nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now stay here because I'm going to come right back to this. Then it says on verse 18 of that chapter, it says, Escape from sexual immorality. Every sin that a man commits outside the body, outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. So if you lie and all those things, you're sinning outside your body. But when you sin sexually, you're sinning against your whole body, all of you. That's why it's so deep, because it's every bit of you, not just emotionally, but physically and everything. It's horrible. But we're going to come back to the first Corinthians, so stay there. Some say, whenever someone lives in this lifestyle, that it's only against them, so it doesn't affect anyone else. But we see that that's a lie. Right now, it's affecting the whole society. Nations, generations, eternities are being affected. It does affect everybody, not just them, and we know that. But then the next type of rainbow that we want to talk about, rainbow number two here, is the rainbow, rainbow condemnation. Rainbow condemnation that so many Christians and others, not all are Christians who do this, but there's so many people who have rainbow condemnation. They want to condemn those who live this way. This is hatred. Now, I understand it, because I'm embarrassed to say, I've said it before, when I was younger, in my early teenage years, I suffered from some of this. I, I never intended to hate anybody, and I didn't hate them, but I hated the lifestyle, and so, therefore, I had a lot of unloving speech, a lot of hatred that was in me, and God woke me up and corrected me in my way of speaking, because how can you be a loving Christian person and be full of hatred and, and really, I'm just gonna say it, bigotry, because you can't. You can't speak of the love of Christ in one side of your face and the other side of your face have hatred in mean speech and bigotry. You can't do it. You can't do it, folks. You just can't. You end up being two-sided. Used of both God and Satan. You can't do it, folks. You can't. So we cannot have this rainbow condemnation. We're to have loving speech. We're to be kind. But wait a minute. Does that mean you're supposed to accept? Well, hang on. We're going to get to that. It says in Romans 8, 1, and this is one of my all-time favorite verses. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, we're not just going to end it with that because and that is true. If they are of Christ, they are of Christ. It goes on to say, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So if people are to be saved, they're to be saved all the way, not just halfway. So some people say a homosexual, will just say, cannot be saved or transgender cannot be saved, or whatever. Folks, that's not true. It's not true. I'll say it straight out. Someone who is a sinner, which is all people, incidentally, for all who sin and fall short of the glory of God, we know that all people can be saved if they go to Christ to be saved. All people can be saved. Once you're saved, that's when the hard work starts because the Holy Spirit comes in and starts changing you slowly, surely. Now, only God knows if you're truly saved, but I'm going to tell you, if you're a liar... It's hard to change the lies. I know it's coming from me when I was seven years old as a liar. I've said it many times. I'll keep saying it. The fact is, God slowly but surely changed me from lying. He did. I start to lie, and I would lie. And God said, hey, don't do that no more. But that's not to say there wasn't a little bit of Pinocchio still in me. You know, I didn't just suddenly, I wasn't suddenly just a real boy. No, it took me a while to really become a real boy, so to speak. It took me a while because the fact is, every once in a while, my nose would go whoop. It took me a while to stop that, see? It took me a while. And I'm here to tell you that if there's someone who's gay, 
and they come to know Christ. It's going to take a while for those notions, for the way of the world to go away. And you got to pray for them. Just pray for them. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Pray for them. And I know how the world is. Oh, you're born that way. You can't just turn it off. No, that's not how it is. That's not how it is at all. But here's the thing. A lot of people who are Christians, who are condemn, who condemn condemnation, they a lot of times say, well, Jesus yelled at people, so it's our style. It's our lifestyle to yell at people, too. We are supposed to yell at people because Jesus yelled at people. Well, yes, kind of, but he didn't yell at the lost. He didn't yell at the lost. You know who he yelled at? He yelled at the people who are supposed to be teaching the truth. He yelled at the Pharisees and the Sadducees, in other words, at the compromising and the condemning. That's what he did. So I hate to tell you this, but if you're one who's compromising today, if you're you're amongst the people of the compromisation or the condoning, you'd be yelled at by Christ. If you're one of those who's condemning everybody, you'd be yelled at by Christ. You would. Maybe someone who's here today would be yelled at by Christ. But here's the point. If you're supposed to be teaching the truth and you're not, you'd be yelled at by Christ. You'd be one of those. But he wouldn't go to the lost for those who don't know better and yell at them. He wouldn't do that because he knows. It'd be like going to a little child who's in a diaper and screaming at him for not using the restroom. Folks, if they don't know, they don't know. And you say, oh, but they know by now. But if they're living in a world that's telling them they're born that way, if they're living in a world that tells them that everything is okay, they're bound to walk in their dirty diapers towards that person with their arms open wide. So we have to understand that they don't know. We have to understand that they're ignorant. We have to understand that. And we have to be loving and kind anyway, no matter what it feels like to us. And many say, as I said before, that gays and other types cannot go to heaven. They'll say gays, murderers, rapists, and other perverted minds of Satan can't go to heaven. Well, folks, they're manipulated. They're manipulated by Satan. The murderers, the rapists, the gays, and many others. I won't say all the perverted types of minds there are because there's lots. There's lots. There's thieves and others. They can be saved, but once they're saved, that's when Christ unperverts them, so to speak. That's when he starts to change them, so to speak. And there may be some who never get completely uh, right. I'm not going to say what's going to happen because I'm not Christ. I don't know. But I do know this. If to say that God cannot save them is wrong to Christ. Because here's what it says in Luke 1.37. For with God, nothing, nothing, nothing is what? Impossible. I won't say what God can and cannot do. That's what I won't do. But a while ago, I read to you this. I read to you 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10, which says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, will inherit the kingdom of God. But it goes on to say in verse 11. Now listen to this, because this is vitally important. It goes on to say in verse 11, such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. They can be saved, and the Holy Spirit will take care of the rest. Now, what if they get saved and they never get that part of their life right? Well, that's between them and God, and I'm not going to deal with that. I do simply know this. If there's somebody watching right now, and you have something in your life, maybe it's a sin that you're embarrassed about. Maybe you've had the notions to doing these things. I'm not going to go into all that, but I will say this. 
you are welcome here at this church. That lifestyle is not, but you are. I will not justify that lifestyle of sin, and I'm talking about any of these lifestyles that I mentioned, whether it be violence, whether it be premarital sex, whether it be homosexuality, whether it be transgender, whether it be lying, cheating, stealing. None of those things are welcome to this church, but you are, and you are welcome here. You are not going to be hated. You're not going to be called out because Christ loves you, and guess what? I do too. I love you. You may have made a lot of mistakes. So have I. But Christ loves you, and he will forgive you of your sins. And I don't want you thinking, I don't want you thinking that you're going to be condemned because you're not. I don't want you thinking we're going to compromise because we won't. But we want to connect. And that leads us to the third part. Because before I do that, know this, that Christ died for all of us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It goes on to say in verse 17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And verse 18 says, He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Amen. And remember this, folks. There is no partiality with God. That's Romans 2.11. We're not to condemn. We're not to condemn. But at the same time, at the same time, we're also not to go along condoning. But we are to connect, and we're to have a rainbow connection. How are we to do that? Well, we're to connect with them through love and compassion, as I'm always talking. Rainbow. We're to have love and connection. Love, love is the connection. Love and compassion and consideration for other people. Just imagine what it was like on the day that you came to know Jesus Christ. Do you remember that day? I was seven years old, and I remember that day. It might have been a long time ago for you, and it might have just been three years ago. But you remember that day when you felt like you were going to die and go to hell? And you knew you would. You remember that moment when everything changed for you? You might say, it's just been too long. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. Don't, don't lie to yourself. Think about that moment. Pray about it. God will bring it back to you. Remember that. If you remember that, and think about them who need that love, show that love and compassion. Connect. That rainbow connection can make a world of difference. It can make an eternity of difference to those who need it. Connect with that rainbow, so to speak. Because what is that rainbow really? But the promise of God, the promise that he will never condemn the whole world again. Folks, I know a lot of times we think only about the rain, but really what was that rain? But a condemnation of sin. And Jesus Christ was the ark. And we need to remember that, that the yeah, Christ came to save us from condemnation. He came to save us from eternal damnation. He came to save us from the flood of sin. And he is the ark who has his arms open wide as the door. And how can the people come to know the Lord God if they're being lied to and perverted from Satan, believing that the rainbow is something completely different? And if we are so busy condemning or even compromising, and they're not seeing the connection, the rainbow connection, that they're not going to come to Christ. And they need to know that Christ is the way into heaven. They need to see it today. Romans 12, 18 says, If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. We need to live peaceably, be connected to all people. We are to love all, not their mistakes, not to continuously gossip, 
and bring it up to them and speak about what they did. Boy, I tell you what, I certainly want my, my, my mama or anyone to call up people and tell them, boy, did I ever tell you about the time that Philip made a mistake when he's a little kid and tripped over this or that and this? And that time he had a diaper that was so bad that, no, I wouldn't want that. And I wouldn't want people to always remember about every mistake. Boy, if you did that, you'd be on the phone for 15 hours straight. But every mistake I made, and folks, we don't need to continuously repeat everybody's mistake, but we do need to have our arms open wide to them so they can know that the ark is open for them. We need to connect with the people so that they know that there is a, a, a continuous rainbow connection. And I pray that they will openly return the love towards me. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful. Talking about Christ now. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's all. All people are able to be saved if they let Christ do it. 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Self-control. That means self-control from lifestyles, and from compromising and from condemning we have self-control if we just let god do second corinthians 1 20 for all the promises of god in him are yes and in him amen and to the glory of god through us in other words he promised everlasting life to all of us if we will go to him and it's yes he'll let us have it second corinthians 5 17 therefore if any man is in christ he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and look, all things have become new. You say, but pastor, I have really sinned. <laughs> Who hasn't? But my sin is so bad that this one pastor told me your pastor was wrong. I'm sorry to say this about fellow pastors, but they're wrong. I don't know if you know this or not, but we're not always right. If we were always right, we wouldn't need Christ in the first place. I've met pastors who were wrong. I actually look in the mirror sometimes to see one who was once in a while. It's scary. But the fact is that sometimes we're wrong. It happens. And here's the thing. We can't let hatred get the better of us. You, my friends, are possibly saved. By that I mean it's possible for you to be saved. Just because you made a mistake doesn't mean that Christ won't save you. We need to let the Holy Spirit connect us and connect us to all people. And I'll say one more thing, and that is this. Jesus said, I am the way, this is John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the true rainbow connection, as I said before. He, he is the promise of God with safety, the bridge of salvation to heaven. Because Jesus, the ark, he will protect us and bring us to, from, save us from eternal death. All sinners can be saved only through Christ. He does a changing from within through the Holy Spirit of love, softly remolding, softly changing us, chipping away at the sin, taking care of us. As it says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so the next time you see the rainbow, I know what the world wants us to think. I know that. Don't think about that. And I'm not telling you to go along with what they say. I'm not saying that. But the next time you see a true rainbow, not the rainbow flag, but the true rainbow, always remember this, Genesis 9.13. I have set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of a covenant between me and the earth. God always keeps his promises. Amen? Amen. Thank God. Thank you, God.
he kept his promise. He was true the rainbow promise of Jesus Christ on the cross. And because of that, I'm saved. I don't deserve it. And you don't either. But you can be. All you have to do is call out to him. Arms open wide. And his arms open wide for you. Come aboard upon the ark. He's ready for you. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, as we call upon you today, we thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for loving us. No matter what rainbow of sin that we have had, you love all of us, every single one of us, and we're all equal in sin. But Lord God, once we call upon you, we're all equally saved. And Lord, I do pray that we will allow the Holy Spirit to chip away at the things that we have done and do. And I pray, Lord God, that you will change us to become better in your word and lord i do pray today that you help us to walk stronger in your word and i also pray lord god that you will help us to follow you every single day more and more i pray for every single one of my brothers and sisters those who are here and those who are not and i pray that you will give them great strength i pray lord god that you will help us to be loving and kind to all people and lord jesus i pray that there will be great understanding of what we spoke about today. I pray this in your holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen.